Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi again, everybody. Welcome into this week's episode of the Vigilant Sports Pacers podcast. Well, on this week's show, I'll be joined in studio by Yogi Ferrell. You, of course, know him from Park Tudor, where he won a couple of titles, IU, where he won a couple of Big Ten titles, and now he's moving on to the NBA, getting set to begin his rookie season in the league. Now, he wasn't drafted in June. That wasn't the worst thing, and as Yogi will explain, he had options to be drafted. But it was with the idea in mind to go overseas first, and he didn't want to have any part of that. So after weighing his options, he ultimately decided to sign with the Brooklyn Nets. It's a one-year deal, only guaranteed $100,000 of this rookie minimum deal. So he goes to a team that needs some work, that needs some help, and he's hoping to stick with the team, make it through training camp, and land on the regular season roster for his rookie season in the NBA. On this episode, we touch on everything. His time at IU, looking forward to going to Brooklyn, the living conditions, how life is different from Indianapolis versus Brooklyn, his time in Bloomington, what he's going to miss the most there, plus the Olympics. How could you not get into the Olympics at this time of year? And we'll also discuss any routines that he has before games, favorite movies, favorite music, etc. It's a jam-packed episode with Yogi Ferrell joining me in studio. Subscribe to the Vigilant Sports Pacers podcast to listen to new and archive episodes, whether it be on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and more. We have you covered, and you'll be the first to know when a new episode has been posted. Also, if you're interested in advertising on this podcast, shoot me a note at scott at vigilantsports.com, or you can always find me on Twitter at Scott Agnes. Let's get into it. Here's my conversation with Yogi Farrell. I'm doing well, man. How are you? I'm doing well. Appreciate you stopping by fresh off a workout. How are those workouts going? <laughs> what have you been focusing on there during these off-season workouts? Yeah, you're right. I actually just came from a workout, man. I was sweating a lot, pretty tired. Um, just getting a lot of reps up, man. Uh, lots of shooting. Uh, just doing those things the guys in the league point guards do. So I just try and, you know, me and my trainer, uh, we watch a lot of film on those high-level point guards, see what they do, different type of moves, different type of actions that they do, and just try and simulate that in my workouts. What type of point guards are you watching? Are you watching kind of the obvious, the Kyries, the Chris Pauls? Or is there maybe a guy you see your game similar to that you're really analyzing? I say one guy, especially in particular, I say Kimball Walker. Um, okay. You know, about same size, built the same, basically. Same kind of speed, athleticism. So I say that's the main guy. I've pretty much been watching this offseason and trying to work on the different things that he, he's been doing. Everyone wants to get drafted, for I think, for the sake of saying, yeah, I was drafted, this is my number. But you talked with us during Pacer pre-draft workout that, honestly, you kind of thought it might be better not to get drafted because then you have the chance to pick your situation. You did. You signed with Brooklyn with a partially guaranteed deal. Ultimately, looking back at the process now, a month or two away from it, is that still kind of your feelings towards it? Because now you were able to set yourself up for a situation where perhaps you could thrive in. 
Yeah, I think so. And actually, you know, during the draft, what's going on? We're watching it. You know, my agent's calling me. We're calling each other back and forth, see the situation. It gets kind of like late second round and uh, I had the opportunity to get a draft and staff. So a team actually wanted to pick mm-hmm. me up. But, you know, I decided, you know, I didn't want to do that. You know, I still wanted to try and have an opportunity to try and still prove myself. So I still think I am in a great situation right now with the Brooklyn Nets and their organization. Uh, they feel strongly about me. So, you know, I feel like it all, you know, just boils down to myself and my play in camp. And for fans wondering what exactly that means, it means they have your rights, but we're not ready to bring you over yet. Go play overseas. It could be a year or two, or some guys are never brought back over. Mm-hmm. So there's that realistic possibility. I heard that was the same ordeal with Troy, and he said, no, 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 I want to pick my situation. Exactly. So no one picked him up as well. And so you're here. With that said, how tough is it to balance knowing they're a bad team, they don't really have assets, but yet at the same time, that welcomes an opportunity for you to make the team and prove yourself? I think so. You know, a team, especially like the Nets, to have a rebuilding program, um, they're always going to look for guys to try and get the Kickstarter to exactly, get their program right. starting back up. So, I mean, when your opportunity comes, you got to find, you got to shine, basically. You just got to go in there, do different intangibles that are going to make them think, okay, even if it's not this season that we're going to progress, maybe it can be two or three seasons forward, but we still want you on our team. From the whole draft process, I was curious about this. You basically lived in a hotel for probably at least a month. Mm-hmm. Was that the most that you had been in, consistently in a hotel? Or back in AAU days, did you experience something similar? Yeah, I say back in AAU days, uh, you know, a lot of games from like 8 to 5, you know. But I think you're probably staying in one hotel for maybe a week. But I stayed in, you could probably say, see 16 different hotels in 30 days. So I'm just traveling city to city, places I've never been before, checking in, checking out, workout, fly to the next city, check in. You know, it's just basically been the same routine for a month. And it had to feel like a pressure packed situation because each day is a job interview. It's not like you're there vacationing, let's chill by the pool. And you're probably doing rehab and, and prevention and hydration throughout mm-hmm. that, maybe watching some Netflix. But <laughs> outside of that, you got to be in the right mindset and get a good night's sleep before every one of those workouts and maybe in the same process rack up some hotel points uh, along <laughs> yeah, the way. Yeah, that's true, that's true. Yeah, a lot <laughs> of uh, racking up those points, Netflix, um, then, you know, doing a lot of research, especially on NBA teams, just so I know my homework, you know, on the different teams that I had my pre-draft workouts well, with. That's a good point because it's also an interview for you, mm-hmm. especially, again, you had a hand in picking your situation. What from a macro perspective, what are some of the questions that you had? Was it how you might utilize me or what kind of style of play are you looking to play? What were some of those basic questions that maybe you were asking some of the teams? Uh, you know, I, main question I always ask what, you know, how are you guys looking to, you know, I guess make a push from the year before? You know, I feel like different teams have different strategies with, you know, different trades they make or their style of play that they decide to do with instead of one year or the next. So I'd say that was just a generalized question that I'd ask. The one question I have, and I'll be curious to see, is one of your great things about your game is dribbling and then how you can attack to the basket. But my concern a little bit is getting the shots up over the guys. It's a whole different level of guys. Is that, for you, you'll have to maneuver around the guys a little bit more What are you kind of anticipating with all that against ultimate pros there in the league? Well, one thing that I've noticed um, from college to NBA, there's a lot more space. You know, when I played in my first NBA summer games in Vegas, you know, I was getting into the paint. I felt like off a ball screen, 
almost easier than I was in college. And, you know, they told me that before, that there's a lot more space in the NBA. So, I mean, I don't really see too much of a problem with it now. You know, guys, Isaiah Thomas, Kimball Walker, mm-hmm. they don't have problems with getting to the rim and finding their guys. So, you know, as long as that spacing is there, then, uh, you know, I think it'll be pretty easy. One of the big stories always touched on about you is how you were like the number one sixth grader or third grader, Mm -hmm. I think, at the time. And then how you kind of got away from AU basketball for a period of time. And I think you picked it back up in middle school. With all that said, looking back, do you think you would recommend the same type of plan? Or would you have gone the route, do you think, where you just play AU and play so many games like so many other guys? I mean, looking back... Uh, it was probably a good idea. But before then, as a kid, you know, you just want to get out there and play. And, you know, my dad wanted to take me out. That was the best choice, me just to be a kid, work on my game, step away from it. And, you know, I came back to it, uh, had a really great summer, had lots of exposure. So, I mean, looking back, it was a great decision. Back then, you know, younger Yogi, I was pretty upset. <laughs> yeah, because back then, you just want to play with your friends, number one. Uh-huh. And that's when you guys are playing three, four games a, a day. Yeah. And, and for you, the biggest thing is staying on the court, especially in pickup ball, is you don't want to leave that court. Mm-hmm. But I, I can see where it's tough. But maybe ultimately looking back, that's that was the best plan for you because ob- so. obviously getting to the league, it worked out nicely. Yeah, yeah, it definitely worked out nicely. So I got a great opportunity here. I want to touch on just a few more basketball and then get on to just random other subjects and get to know you a little bit. Your time at IU, you were one of them that that came in and helped jumpstart. You talked about Brooklyn needing a spark and jumpstarting that program. Cody helped with that, and then you followed along and brought that same intensity and that spark that they needed, got Big Ten titles. In doing so and bringing them back to popularity and relevancy, is that kind of what you're most proud of, of what you contributed? Yeah, I think so. I mean, we just wanted to bring IU winning back back to Bloomington, man. And I felt like my four years, uh, we did that especially. Yeah, we overcame a lot of adversity, a lot of scrutiny, a lot of doubt with everyone. But, you know, the main thing about us is that we always stuck together no matter what. No matter what we were hearing, you know, about the coaches, about ourselves. About that, that couldn't have been easy to go through because there's always going to be the constant chatter about yeah, the yeah. coaches and their decisions. And then for a period of time, it was on you guys, of you guys not making the right decision. And, mm-hmm. and rightfully so, guys getting in trouble and you guys having to correct that. And from the outside, it looked like you were one of those that, all right, screw it, guys. We're, we're doing it the right way. And we're, we're going to have a great senior year here for myself and everybody and got things back on track. Yeah, we got things back on track. I mean, especially... That was critical. It was critical. We especially needed that, and that was probably one of the best years that I've ever had. But, you know, guys, last year we were player-invested, and coaches didn't have to motivate us much in practice, during games, film sessions. We wanted to do those extra things to make our team better. And when you've got player investment with what we had, then that's when you're going to have winning. Pleased to be joined in studio still by Yogi Farrell. Member of the Brooklyn Nets, he'll be headed out to New York in probably about a month or so. Couple weeks. Couple weeks. Just a couple weeks. Oh, yeah. Going early at, like most um, guys. Uh, first week, September, yep. I don't think you have the answer to this, but I was curious, as a guy that's not sure about the roster spot, do you get put up in a hotel or do you go to a condo? If it was the Pacers standpoint, I think camp guys all go to a hotel. And then if the season progresses, you get permanent arrangements, right? Mm-hmm. But until then, I was thinking, you know what? Brooklyn Hotel might be more expensive. I don't know. That's, yeah. that's something you'll learn about here um, in the next couple of weeks. I've actually already learned about a Brooklyn Hotel. Uh, so pre-draft workout, um, 
couple about a month and a half ago stayed in the hotel i mean it's it's small it's probably about the size of this room that we're in right now and it's like a dorm room for example it, it was it was a dorm room i mean as soon as you walk in there's the bed there's the bathroom tv they don't even have like a, a a desk in there because that's just how small it was, man. So, regardless of what I get, condo, hotel, I just know it's going to be. I have small. a feeling you'll be living at the Barclays Center, or their practice facility. So that's not the, not the biggest. Oh, biggest I mean, deal about if you've that. seen their practice facility, I would I would live there. I mean, they got a new facility. It's been mm-hmm. up for about five months now, fifty million dollars, and overviews the entire uh, entire New York City. You can see all the cities. Uh, it's really nice, actually. Yeah, it's a pretty sweet setup there with that whole practice court. During the break, we're talking a little bit about at the Olympics. How much have you been watching various sports there? Uh, especially, got to watch the basketball one. That's been the main one. And they're coming up at 6 o'clock here. Yeah, yeah, coming up. Uh, who do they play, do you know? Serbia. Serbia. So they should handle their business. I mean, they had a close one with Australia, <laughs> But Australia is legit. We were talking about it. And they have all those NBA guys. They're starting lineup. They have four guys with NBA rings on that roster. Oh. Now, they're not marquee guys. They're the yeah, Andrew Bogut, yeah. mm-hmm. Del Vadova, Patty, Patty Mills. Mills yeah. But those are experienced, tested guys. That's true. Uh, those are the guys that are always going to get you, though. Those NBA guys that play for their respective teams. Yeah. yeah. And, and they know... How to pick their buttons against those guys? Exactly. What works? They they know the scouting report. Mm-hmm. They don't need to need to do all that. That's what's harder about guys that play overseas. Um, so especially at IU, we play teams in Canada, and these are guys that have always played basically with each other for I don't know x amount of years, more years than we played with each other. So you know, it's definitely always harder. Did you see Greg Marshall go nuts in Canada? The head coach of Wichita State. I saw State. that. That was crazy. You can't do that. <laughs> you cannot unload. And then I thought. To compound the issue, he was suspended for the next game. Oh, that's it. That was it's a it. meaningless game. Uh, and yeah, I, yeah. Why do you have to get so heated about it? I don't. It's a meaningless game, and he got in the face of a couple of the officials. The and officials, I'm sitting there, yeah. And this could be player or coach. I think that's a couple games of meaningful regular season. Yeah, because you can't have that. I think so. I mean, I've never it's seen an that. I guess. Game. Yeah, it's an exhibition How game. How can you it's get that mad game. up in Canada? Yeah, he must have wanted to win that bad. I didn't know he was a hothead like that, uh, especially when we played him a few years ago. But, yeah, I, don't, I, didn't, I didn't see that coming from him. Did you get experience Canada much during that trip? What was it, two years ago? Two years ago. We played in Montreal. Yeah, I think we got some experience. Um, had a few couple guys, uh, new guys we played with. Played against actually some of the top teams in Canada. So Ottawa and Carleton. We lost Ottawa, beat Carleton. Um, but I think that was a good experience for me. But you get a roam around experience where you were though, non basketball. Mainly living in the gym and hotel, okay. man. I'm telling you, it was film, practice, and, and sleep. That was basically strictly it. business, is what yeah. you're saying. That's it. What's the life flying charter everywhere? <laughs> um, you don't have security checkpoints, that's for sure. You can keep your cell phone on, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Keep your cell phone Wi-Fi. on and everything. Oh, there's no Wi Fi on. No Wi Fi on. <sighs> Oh, no, okay. uh, no, no Wi-Fi. Got to make sure you get the movies before, though. And you're, you'll experience that with the Brooklyn Nets, and you did at IU. But I've always wondered just the comfort, and you probably eat well on there. Although maybe catered food. It's not it was, like the yeah, NBA. Yeah, it's always catered. NBA will be really nice. But yeah, I, I'm yeah. guessing IU just catered it. Mm-hmm. Just catered it. You gave the food right before you got on the plane. Did you guys have any traditions or usual things you did on the plane, or was everybody kind of private, like headphones on or uh, watching movies? Yeah, everybody was actually pretty private, man. Just okay. chilling, talking around the guys. Um 
player as always. We always sat in the farthest back, of course. Uh, just <laughs> just good, like in high school. Yeah, just college. like in high school, man. Yep. <laughs> Got to own the back and as far away from the coaches as you can. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they were the front. Went. We were all the way in the back. <laughs> yeah. I, I do love all of that. And what, where that was helpful is you'd leave immediately after games. And I'll broadcast, I broadcast IUPUI games, and we'll stay the night, and then you take the first flight out because it's commercial. Whereas you guys oh, don't have that. No, you no, guys are, are back, so you can actually go to class I don't, and, I don't and think, catch all of that. I guess, yeah. I don't think I want to stay, especially if you lose, stay in the city, stay overnight. I don't think I'd want that. After a bad loss, does that flight worse where everybody's just pissed off, uncomfortable, annoying? Does that outweigh your best flight? You just win the Big Ten in Michigan. Mm, yeah, yeah. I mean, because I, losing sometimes hurts way more than that winning. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. And you know, everybody's quiet. Everybody's thinking, "Oh man, what's what's the head coach thinking? What's he thinking, man?" And then you get that call from the front, and it, it, it's like it's like telephone. You're like, "Hey, I remember. You know, I have a good game. I'm in the back. It's like telephone. Hey, call Yogi to the front. Hey, call Yogi to the front. So then I get it all the way to the back. I got to walk all the way to the front, mm-hmm. talk to Coach Crean. You know, after a loss or something. Now I don't think you did this growing up, but I, I think you would be a credible soccer player. Soccer player? Yeah. Because uh, of your footwork <laughs> and your quick jab and, mm-hmm. and all that. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you'd be great at soccer. No, but uh, so high school, they actually wanted me to play goalie. <laughs> that I couldn't see as They much. wanted me to be the goalie. <laughs> I don't know. They felt like I had a quick lateral, lateral you do that, quickness. But I feel like you need height and length. Yeah, I you guess need that's great true. length to yeah, dive long after arms, things. I'm, I'm a plus zero, so I, that wouldn't really work out too much for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Any Any other sports? Were you able to get into more than the um, other or rec league? <laughs> Not really. Uh, were you played part tennis of a- in sixth grade. You did. Let's see. I did a little bit of a bowling. Me and my brother were in this bowling league one time. We only went a few times, but I like to bowl a little bit. That you can do without worrying about an injury. Yeah, exactly. Biggest thing there is the weightlifting. <laughs> oh, let's hit on that. You got bulked up, especially I think your senior year, but throughout your career, was that a result of just constant work day after day over those four years? I think so. Yeah, I mean, I never lifted a weight in high school. As soon as I get to IU... And many say that's probably the best thing to do. I think Because so. your body isn't developed yet. It's not developed yet. So I think in college, that's where it develops and it gets you right. So I say in college, is, I mean, we're hitting weights basically almost every other day, I'd say. Talking with Yogi Ferrell of Park Tudor IU and now with the Brooklyn Nets. What is that weight room like? Because those, the leaders, and it's changed over the last couple of years, those guys look like they're just on Red Bulls all the time. It was Janae Jackson, <laughs> uh-huh. and the current guy's escaping me, but he's just hyped on the bench all the time. All the time. And it was, Stephen Houston was working with the program, wasn't he? Yep, he just got picked up by yeah. the Baltimore Ravens. I was actually not surprised to see that, but kind of, so I figured Coach Crean talked to his brother-in-law. He's got a little for hook For him up, to get he? that hookup. I was like, yeah, I was like, that's good for him, though. He's his plug, yeah. He wanted that, though. He, he was going to go to Canada, didn't do that so i'm really happy for him though is that really what they were like non-stop just go 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 i mean non-stop man <laughs> and co- we call him coach l he sometimes the refs actually had to go over and talk to him for him to calm down because he'd be hyped so much mm-hmm. but i loved it though the energy he brought every single day coach Crean loved it that's why i realized you know that's the reason he brought him in the weight room he feels like you know that's when he tries to give his juice to everybody. And in the weight room, those coaches you're allowed to be with throughout the entirety of the year where the, the basketball coaches, there's limits. Yeah, yeah, especially uh, during summer, preseason. Um, 
Only allowed, obviously have two hours a week uh, for individual. How about workout. beach volleyball? You were big. You were all over the IU videos with that sand pit. <laughs> yeah, sand pit got put in. I feel um, like you'd be good as beach volleyball <laughs> diving after them. Diving, you, at, yeah. and then you toss them up to to the guy to uh-huh. pound it home. Actually, we played a little bit of a version of beach volleyball where we played it with like a big medicine ball. So it was kind of, oh, it was basically that's not easy. It's not easy actually. It was kind of fun though. Something we did at the end of the year. Uh, they actually did it this year, but you basically just throw the medicine ball back over. It's just working on, you know, strength, hips, legs, everything. Was it nice how that kind of mixed things up from the norm of let's bench press, let's jump rope, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's always fun to switch it up, man. Uh, can't be doing the same thing all the time. Got to have fun a little bit. I say sand workouts was more, more, more of the fun workouts because we'd be doing different things, competing against other teammates. So yeah, it was, it was fun. With IU, and this is a little turn of events here. In Kirkwood, I read Kilroy's has changed its menu. That's no good. You remember $2 Tuesdays and $3 yeah. Thursdays Yeah, yeah. and Long Island's? Those are now in like Pizza X cups, not pitchers. Oh, not the pitchers anymore. I think this anymore? is a travesty. <laughs> As an IU guy myself, I'm ahead of you a few years, but I think that's an outrage. I think that is. I They're think we back, that, man. I think we should go to that park, the People's Park, and, and protest or something. And protest. <laughs> yeah, and I th- I'm not sure if they got rid of those T-shirts that they always that created on, every Thursday. On Thursday? No, yeah. I think they still, still have doing those. those. Yeah, yeah. Did they yeah. do one of you or anything? I'm wondering because um, we see over the years where they'll do like think fake IU jerseys. I don't think they're allowed to do that. Probably until well, now that I'm out of school, they'll I do think. a fake Nets jersey, maybe. Yeah, because they actually did. Um, I've seen Vic because that was in high demand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. did Cody. Yeah, they actually did one for Tim Priller, <laughs> and it said it said Priller time, just like Miller time. No, they so they didn't. had the same like logo, and. They, they had to like shut that down because like NCAA rules violation. But yeah, yeah I remember during the year we saw that uh, T-shirt. From a general standpoint, how helpful and critical is the bench just providing that energy, keeping you engaged throughout games? Because they know their role as that bench mob. Mm-hmm. Corey Barnett always used to talk about. He and did. Joke about. That's what it started. I love those guys. Yeah. <laughs> they had the T-shirt bench mob, uh, and then the Harbaugh brothers. Uh huh. He was down in Atlanta, attended, and were wearing those shirts. Yeah, yeah. It's always you gotta have, your bench has to be ready, man. That's always the best when your bench knows your role. Come in, give those minutes. Uh, I play with a lot of great. Just straight bench players, you could say Will Sheehy, Nick Zaislav, you know, yeah. Colin Hartman, uh, just those six-man guys that are just going to come in and just do what they do, get back on the bench and, and do the same thing when they come back in. The senior speeches, how much can you spend preparing for that, writing down notes maybe, and then once you step to the mic, now you've played in front of these guys for four years, yeah. 18,000, <laughs> but what's it like speaking in front of them and giving your farewell speech? Uh yeah, it was sad, man. Um, giving my speech, uh, I think it was a, it was a full crowd. I think it was a sellout, actually. Uh, um, Some go longer than others. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I think mine probably may have been one of the shortest, uh, besides Jackson Tharp, but he had just got on the team because he was a manager. You know, you don't spend too much time writing it down. I wrote down a few bulletin points, and I knew I was just going to talk. You know, longer on certain ones than the others, and you know, I knew the key points so that I wanted off the to cuff hit for you. Yeah, I mean, it was all just off the top of the head, man. To be real, that was basically it. Who have been some of your best teammates that you've played any level that you've played with over the years? Some of my best teammates, mm, say in college, man. I say it's just a different level. Cody, Vic, 
um, C. Watts. I'm trying to think. And I think what's cool about those guys, especially that you mentioned, is they're always coming back. Yeah, we yeah, always yeah, see yeah. photos, and, and Coach Crean will have where he brings in Dwayne and Cody. I think Josh McRoberts was there one one <laughs> year. Just guys coming in to work out, and I think that as a current player would encourage you and, and show you where you need to get. Yeah, I mean that's that's one thing about Coach. He always wants to bring the guys back because he always wants the current players to see. Okay, what did they do that made their team so special? You know, that's what he likes to do. He likes to bring guys in that have success because. He likes to have us hear how they got that success if we can try and repeat it. Yogi Farrell remains in the studio as we continue to chat about a variety of subjects. I want to jump back with the Olympics because that's that's what's dominating the, the sports landscape right now, and I can't get enough of it. I was surprised to see the U.S. women's soccer team go down. They lost today in penalty kicks, and they're a bunch that had been dominant in their sport. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy to see a team jump off that night to me to you i thought about it because in high school where you won a couple state titles down at bankers life Fieldhouse, i think it would be kind of a similar type of thing where you're expected to win you, you go in being maybe the top team and then you fall off and i don't know even i don't even know what that would be like <laughs> they're they don't medal and everyone yeah, went in they thinking don't. they'd be gold medalists that's true uh i mean i don't watch too much of soccer so i can't say about their play but Maybe they let the hype get to them too much or, or, or some sort, maybe something like that. But uh, The challenge with that sport is if one thing goes wrong, that can totally alter the game. I think, whereas, yeah. whereas we were discussing earlier, if you get a guy gets in early foul trouble, say in basketball, he can come back. He's got you know, four more of them. And it's just a first quarter issue. Mm-hmm. And it's that fourth quarter where it really matters. But that was wild to see. Yeah. You got to be, I say, perfect in soccer. You know, can lose 1 0 and you're basically done. That's it. Uh, the only soccer I know is FIFA. Uh, I'm <laughs> definitely going to have to get the new FIFA 17 that, that's coming up. Are you an Xbox guy or a, a PlayStation guy? Xbox One, man. Of course. I like it. It's more smooth. I mean, I play PlayStation a little bit, but I think I like the Xbox One more. Are you a guy that plays other people, whether it be friends or former teammates or high school friends, or are you just playing yourself? No, I play whoever I can play all the time, especially with 2K. Uh, I even sometimes play online too. Uh, that's kind of how serious I am about it. When you were at IU, who was the best gamer? Me. You gotta say <laughs> yeah. that, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> I love it too because now Paul George is gonna be on the cover, so that's the game you're talking about buying. Yeah, yeah. It's about come out, come out here September. pretty soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm definitely gonna buy that. Unless you splurge for the, uh, I think it's the Legends Edition. Then you got Kobe on there. Is, is that What's, the one that has the uh, the USA team? I think it's on both. Oh, I, think, it's on both? I think they're on both games. Because I saw that they had the Dream Team, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and then the current USA team on there. Right. I thought that was pretty cool. I think that's going to be on both games. Both games? All right, yeah. Growing up, who were the professional athletes of any sport that you looked up to? Um, obviously, in Indy, I always watch the Pacers, man. I like Reggie Miller and little guy, Allen Iverson. Got to watch him. Yeah, I can mm-hmm. see AI. Yeah. For sure. For what, what he did in his game and... And all those type of things. He was a unique guy. He that was. I don't think got enough. He got more attention for the negative stuff he did or was involved with or his attitude, I think, than, than what he did on the floor. I think so. 
Yeah, but I mean, even still to this day, they say he's, he's a killer. Like, he's a killer, pound for pound, mm-hmm. the best basketball player that's ever. Every single ever night, lived. you knew AI was going to bring it and lay it all on the line. Oh yeah. In today's generation, like we're so old, but we're not. Today's generation <laughs> thinks of him always oh, stepping over Coach Lou. Yeah, that's how yeah, they know yeah. him. Coach uh-huh. Lou. Oh, he played in the league. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> Are you watching anything totally random when it comes to the Olympics? They do have some random sports, man. Uh, I actually like ping pong. Yeah, I play ping pong a little bit. So I mean, I just think some of the shots that they make are so nuts. And I can't I just figure don't... out the serve. The serve that, that some of them do. It looks like they're like teeing it up off their forehead or their nose. That's what. It... <laughs> yeah, they got the true. weird paddle, and then they go, then they go down with their uh-huh. head. It's it's weird, man. But yeah, those guys are pretty pretty precise with touch. That's just all it is: touch and spin. How about swimming and, and what we were able to see? Number one with Michael Phelps and his yeah. dominance. Yeah, I saw actually 22 medals now. You know, I think that's insane. It's outrageous. If, outrageous. If he was his own country, he'd be like, what, top 40, 40th? Something, uh, like, something that. like that. In, in the world. I mean, I think that's just straight legendary Did, right there. Uh, athletes at any university are kind of a small community and maybe a fraternity sorority of, of itself a little bit. Did you know it all, say the Lily Kings or the, the other swimmers that are there? <sighs> I can't remember. I actually had one of my classmates uh, is at the Olympics. I can't remember his name, though. Um, I'd know it if I heard it, though. But I had class with one of Cody them. Cody Miller? Yeah, Cody Miller. Uh-huh, that's my guy. You got the actually, long hair. Long hair, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I don't know how that works for him in swimming. Obviously, He, he just the, throws it under the cap. Under the cap, I guess. Yeah, that's true. But uh, I had a class with him, though. Mm-hmm. Did you follow him on Twitter? reason I ask this is now he's putting like 10 emojis in every tweet. Is he really? Yeah. That's, that's his style now. That's his style? Uh, no, nah, I don't follow him on Twitter, though. You know the rule of thumb now with Snapchat. Don't do anything Draymond Green does. <laughs> <laughs> he's had to... Uh, he's got two big mistakes of the last couple of yeah. months, really. Yeah, I mean... The first one I think up in Michigan State was a guy targeting him. Like I think so. Let me trying to taunt him, him a little right. bit. Yeah, and it's clear he clearly wasn't a key football player if he transfers the next week. Oh, the, the guy, yeah, I actually heard he was a Michigan. I was like, man, a Michigan State guy. It was a football taunt player. A like, Michigan, what are you another doing? Michigan State guy. I don't get. You that, can't be man. doing that at all. Yeah, yeah. World yeah. champ, USA Olympian, man. Yeah, he doesn't. That's have to just do an all unfortunate that. situation, and it it's was. one of those. Once it's out there, it's out. It's out, and he was hacked. <laughs> <laughs> that was the greatest part about it, is at first he did the typical, I'm hacked, man, I can't get anything to go my way. Uh-huh. And then he talked with the media and go, yeah, nah, that was my bad. <laughs> I pressed the wrong button, uh-huh. and once it's out there, it's yeah, gone. It's, yeah, it's out there, man. I assume IU brings in someone before every year, talk up, keeping your social media under control, not putting things out there. I would actually, a, actually, they do. So yeah. every single year, it's always the same guy. So I see the same guys after four years, and they actually do their research. So they get tweets of guys and stuff that they tweeted in high school. Mm. And I remember one year, it was reckless. Dudes tweeting curse words, all this stuff, talking about girls and, and everything. And we're just in there joking and laughing about it. Like, it was pretty funny that they would say this, but... uh yeah, we got some every year come in and talk about basically just building your image. Yeah, because now you're you have to own your brand and what it is. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. I say kind of so. scary a little bit. It is scary because anything you say, yeah, you might be out with friends and someone overhears something you say, and now in today's world, someone might tweet that out. Yeah. So you got to so be it was, it was a lot easier to live back then, man. No social media, no nothing. That's for sure. In some respects, yeah. 
But at the same so, time, how many true. times are we looking, if we don't know something, just flip to Google, that's we can true. get it in an instant. We're not going to an encyclopedia. We ain't got to wait for or, the newspaper every day. Right. <laughs> by Yeah, by the time a newspaper comes out, a story might have changed three times, yeah, which yeah, is good true. and bad. Yeah. Because reporters can't be as thorough mm-hmm. before putting a story out there and all of that. Do they even still have newspaper routes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Do they? Yeah. Do you have to like order the newspaper or do they, you know, just you yeah, know, yeah, everybody you subscribe so you, you subscribe. can subscribe to it. Oh, okay, okay. And in fact, because many places, I think I was, I saw something on Twitter about New York Times. It was cheaper to not only pay for it digitally, but get the Sunday delivery because that's when all the ads are and everything uh-huh. than just subscribing to digital because they want to tell their advertisers, hey, we have this many people you're reaching with your Sunday. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. No, but there there are some routes. Yeah. Now, some newspapers are closing. Some are doing a couple papers a week, maybe a Sunday, Thursday. Thankfully, mm-hmm. here with the Indy Star, they continue to publish. Unfortunately, though, they cut staff or cut editors. That's true. And so it's sometimes just not as thorough or as, as strong as it could be. Mm-hmm. A lot of athletes say, "Oh, I don't read the headlines. I don't read. The, I don't read anything about me." You guys have to be aware of what's said out there, um, what's written about you, positively and negatively, and you try to treat those the same. I think because you don't want to get a big head, but you also want to keep things within yourself, right? And mm-hmm. not that's outside noise. Let's just control what we can ch- control. Yeah, uh, I can say everything that I read by myself is probably what I'm tagged in on Twitter. <laughs> Okay. I say that's basically the the most of it. You know, it's not like I go out searching for it. So that's where you could probably say that's where some so of like the you stuff are I reading, read. I not read the message about. boards, but the the various websites covering IU because there's a couple that cover it excellently. You, and then you have the Indy Star, the Herald mm-hmm. Times. You're yeah, not like inside you're not the hall. Go, yeah, right, yeah, inside the hall with, yeah. with Alex or Peegs with Jeff and Mike, mm-hmm. all of them. Yep. You're not just going to those websites, but if you get forwarded there, that might happen. Yeah, yeah, that might happen. And I know Tom Crean reads it. He, I know he reads everything. <laughs> Uh, he, he reads everything, but he tells us not to read it. You know, it felt like, which I think is good. I can in, understand in that. Sense. That makes a lot of sense. He can read it. He can know what's being said about the coaches or the players, but he doesn't want us reading it to have us fill our heads with, you know, negative or, you know, positive thoughts. We're talking off air about Netflix shows. What what, are, what has your attention right now? I say um, How to Get Away with Murder. Uh, I like the show Flash too. Yeah, like off I do of, like that. Uh, yeah, I like that. That's really a cool one. And um, uh, what goes along with it? The Green Green Arrow or the Arrow? The Arrow. It's Arrow. Yeah, yeah. They kind of play kind of with each other a little bit in Flash. Um, what else am I watching? Uh, you get into Stranger Things, like a lot of people have. It's Stra- called it's called, it's called Stranger, Stranger Things. Yeah. No, I and it's seen that. a mock Indiana city. Really? Yeah. I haven't seen that. I like a show called uh, Mr. Robot. I've heard I need to start that one. Yeah, it's, on USA. it's about like this guy who hates society, and it's like about a bunch of hackers and stuff. It's actually really good. As you look ahead to Brooklyn, is that kind of how you expect to spend a lot of your free time in the early going? Just kind because you have to be focused on training camp. And I don't know. I think it'd be difficult to go out in Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I wouldn't know exactly where I was going. I'm basically out there by myself besides my teammates. But uh, basically, yeah, Netflix, film. I'll bring my Xbox. Got to bring my Xbox. That's mm-hmm. for sure. How much film did you watch at IU? Obviously, it's a big deal in, uh, at every level. But I think especially as you move to the, the pro level, I think you'll watch even more and practice less. Yeah, that's true. Uh, a lot of film, actually. Um, especially this past year, senior year. 
that's probably when I started watching a lot more film. How have you advanced in what you're seeing, what you're looking for? Because I think that would change a ton from your freshman year to your senior year. Um, basically what I see... Like you're picking up on opponents better, or you're getting in more details of what you're doing wrong, or you, you really improved upon whatever. Yeah, I say I do like knowing my opponent very well. And even at IU, I'd watch film on the other team's best player or whatever my matchup was just to see where they like to shoot the ball better at on the court. Whatever I could get that little advantage for myself and my team to win. What kind of music are you listening to? You got a playlist, I assume, for every game? Like a regular playlist? Uh, not really, man. I kind of just hit shuffle. I like the the randomness. Oh, you, you know do. whatever. I'm the is. exact opposite. Oh, you have to have like that specific in the playlist. same order. In the same order. Oh yeah. And then you know what's coming up. <laughs> How corny is this? So going to Banker's Life Fieldhouse to cover a Pacer game. I did the same playlist. The same playlist. <laughs> that would be boring. No, it's routine. I'm a routine guy. Oh, you're a routine boring, guy. So but... you you got to have your schedule planned out. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. Really. Very much so. Hmm. How do you expect being uh, away from family? You're kind of close to family in Bloomington, just an hour away. How about being away from family while you're uh, getting ready for camp to be different, a challenge? Uh, It will be different, uh, especially not seeing my family just right behind the bench, you know, watching the games in Bloomington. But uh, I know they'll come out to see me a lot. They love supporting me. They love watching me play. So, you know, wherever I am over the country – Anywhere I know they're going to come see me. Do you stay in contact with especially the the IU guys that have been there, done that, the Cody's, or even the Troy Williams, like as he's going throughout the process? Are you kind of on your own figuring it out? Do they? No, I talk to the guys that are there like early in the process before like pre-draft workouts and stuff, kind of getting their sense about it and what they did when they were going through the process. Uh, Still keeping up with Troy, um, just talking to him. He was letting me know where he wanted to go, where his options were and all that. We're still keeping in contact. And one of the things I saw visibly on the court is your three-point shooting. I think you improved that tremendously, and that's key moving to that next level. Was that just all about getting reps after reps, or did you change anything, tweak anything with your stroke? Uh, i say I tweaked a little bit of something, especially for my senior year. Uh, it's just all mechanics when it comes to shooting, i say. And with that, I do like to get a lot of reps up. And when I get a lot of reps up, then that's where the confidence comes in. And it's just like I'm in the gym like I used to do late night and just firing them up. And you you hit on it a little bit earlier, but the spacing in the pro game helps that because you're going to have guys that can knock down the three-point shot, which opens things up for you either to knock a a three-point shot or to tack and pass or get to the rim. Yeah, I say so. A lot more opportunity for open shots, threes, drives to the rim. Um, it is going to be different, but it's going to be better for guys like myself that are short, quick, like to get in the lane, find different gaps. Here's one. Do you take a car to Brooklyn? No. I think you just walk, right? No, you do not take a car to Brooklyn. Man, that traffic, morning traffic. That's too much work. And you got the afternoon traffic, and you got the late evening traffic. So You just have traffic. <laughs> basically traffic every day, man. You you don't want to take a car to Brooklyn. A lot of the guys, especially more so once they get a couple years in, become big into fashion. Paul George makes statements with his outfits and goes a little bold. Russell we see Westbrook. Russell. Yeah, I don't even know what to define that. <laughs> I don't even know if that's a style. It's crazy how it's just, there's like Tim Duncan who shops at Old Navy, and then there's Russell Westbrook 
who shops at the probably the most expensive place on the block. I wonder. <laughs> I'm thinking those companies are sending him stuff to for him to wear because they know the attention that it's going to command. Oh yeah, probably. I mean, why, why another not? Another one it? of the perks. Yeah, if another, I'm a company, I'm sending him stuff. Sending him stuff. Yeah, it's just another endorsement for him. There's sites that track it, and there's shirts he's wearing that just look like they'd be fifteen dollars at Walmart. Yeah, yeah. And they're like nine hundred and seventy-five <laughs> right. bucks. Yeah, yeah. And I couldn't imagine splurging on anything that I wear at that level. Anything. Yeah, I don't. I don't see it, man. Even even the the Kanye West stuff. Remember his clothing line that he came out with. <laughs> he's got the Yeezys. He's got yeah, that the going Yeezys. for him. That's true. But because I don't know. Adidas is is getting big. Yeah, they're yeah. they're having big sales. They are. Have you worked with any kind of shoot deal for uh, going into your next level? Uh, not not yet. not yet. Yeah, not yet. But it's probably going to happen. I'm actually still deciding who I would who I would choose. Um, whether to venture off from Adidas or go to Nike. Would you even consider uh, a random brand? And by that I mean like uh, Peak, which is a George Hill, or uh, the was it Leaning? Leaning, which, which is uh, Dwayne yeah. Wade and Glenn and Robinson Glenn, has yeah. it as well. Uh. I don't know. I guess I have to see what they have to say about me. I'm not. I haven't done my research basically on any other uh, shoe or clothing company. During recruitment of players, a lot is gets made about he's an Adidas guy, he's a Nike guy. You know what I'm saying? From from a high school to college level. School, yeah. How real are those conversations? Do you think that's a legit? thing like someone won't consider them or they're not high on their list because they're adidas or they're not nike or vice versa um do you hear a lot of that see a lot of that not really but you know what i've seen a lot of is guys that want to make it to the next level you sometimes might have to think about what you could say shoe companies with that school basically because i've seen it happen guys that are go one year and then go to the nba they're getting these big giant shoe contracts and just making lots of money i think about the the latest iu guys and i think cody and vic both have jordan deals yeah now cody makes obvious sense because he that's his boss uh-huh but that's then vic, yeah uh-huh. but then we're playing in charlotte and that makes total sense and yeah. it's a subsidiary of nike mm-hmm. but vic going there's kind of a, a different route maybe yeah. cody pushed him towards there i don't know might have yeah um can't go wrong with Jordan's shoe, though. Everybody wants Jordans. Is that what you loved getting growing up? Were you all about, was it the Saturday at 9 a.m. when they released? And <laughs> Not really, man. No. I, I actually wasn't a big shoe guy growing up. I say the main shoe that I like, the Hirachis. Mm, the, I remember those. Uh, I used to always play Hirachis and AAU. Uh, I used to love those shoes. I actually customized my own shoes, and I used to wait at the front door, like, when are my shoes coming in, just because I wanted to You're wear them. You're waiting on that UPS guy exactly. to come in in the afternoon yeah. after uh-huh. school. That's right. <laughs> what shoe are you currently wearing? Adidas actually, from IU, I would assume? Nope. I actually wear Nike. Okay. The Kyrie 2s. Yeah. I like those. They're comfortable. And Paul's going to get his own shoe coming up. Paul George? Mm-hmm. He is? Yeah, he's getting a signature line. Yeah. We'll see when that comes officially. Uh-huh. But are you choosing your shoe on comfort more so than anything? Oh, comfort. Or style play a big factor? Comfort over anything. Especially for me. Oh, I'm on my feet a lot. Uh, I'm running. I got to have straight comfort when I play. Because, uh, you know, even before I had, like, feet problems where the shoes would kind of make my feet cramp up just a little bit. And it wouldn't work for me. So I have to have comfort. Do you have any strange or just normal pregame rituals? You have to put your left sock on, then your right sock. <laughs> yeah, and we know you don't have a playlist. Uh, I guess I don't have a playlist. Um, anything like that? 
pregame rituals? Not really. Nothing. No. You're just strictly business. True. I just Nothing wrong with that. Go out, go out that. and hoop, man. That's it. Just do what I've been doing. I really appreciate Yogi taking time after workout. A little tired, a little sweaty, but he made time to come in studio for an extended period and just talk about everything. And that's one of the reasons I really like having this additional platform where we can go as long as we want. We can get into more than just the nuts and bolts like of playing at IU. We can learn more about his personality, what fires him up, what he enjoys doing in his free time, and what's next for him going to the big city. Yogi Farrell of Park Tudor, IU, and now the Brooklyn Nets has been the guest on this week's episode of the Vigilant Sports Pacers podcast. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you again next week. Vigilant.